Support the podcast by buying a copy of The Shad Line Rises by Eric Kent Edstrom. That's me. Available on Apple, Amazon, Kobo, Barnes & Noble, anywhere ebooks are sold. Also available in paperback. Chapter 20. The Way of Kill Nighttime enjoyed a slow death over Garden Island, surrendering in a flaming violet sunrise that painted the interior of Kyla's tower-top apartment. The highest of kill enjoyed even larger accommodations here, at the Garden Tower, than at Kill's Keep. Several rooms had no obvious purpose, but Henley suggested they were likely offices for scribes, and that made sense. A stiff, warm breeze had arisen, bringing the scent of salt air to freshen the staleness inside the ancient chamber. Kyla welcomed both the burgeoning daylight and the cleansing air. The audience with voluptuary men had been brief. It ended with a warning that if Kyla chose to meet with the domain again, she would declare against her, I will do all in my power to stop you. The coin had come too, tall and bony and serious, wearing one of the Mercus relic's highest quiv had demanded be returned. She scolded the voluptuary for her closed-mindedness and told of numerous medallion spins landing in support of Kyla learning from the domain. When Kyla had left, highest quiv had been reasoning with both women that a culmination was coming regardless of their opinions. Would it not be better to have Kyla as an ally than to push her toward darkness through alienation? And that word now resounded in her mind, like a balladeer's tune one could not shed for a ten-day. Alienation. There had been precious little sleep after that, just a long period of quietude, she and Henley staring at the fire, the window, their hands. He did what he could to comfort her, providing her tea and once forcing her to swallow a bit of muffin. She was grateful for his quiet strength. She had hurt him, she knew. After his kindness in the Durslin wheel, she had turned her power against him, however unintentionally. He seemed to have forgiven her. She could not. Henley and Huff sat on the rug before the hearth now, Kyla enjoyed having a fire, even though the breaking dawn was warm. She'd created a bolt of heat negation to keep things comfortable. Nobody was speaking. That suited Kyla just fine. Even with her friends near, she felt alone. Nax had only been confused by the situation. Emissary Sly died of fright. That means she was weak, no? Rabbits die of fright. When have you ever seen a rabbit? Someone comes, Henley said softly. Kyla felt for it, but nobody with the spark approached. Quinn strode in, weary-looking, boots mud-stained, and hair wild from the wind. But she had a satisfied look on her face and a heavy sack in both hands. She thumped it onto Kyla's small dining table. It clanked and chimed with the sound of many, many coins. Quinn said of her sojourn to Docktown, Didn't expect to find you two here. Rather relieved, actually. I could use some sleep. 
When Kyla didn't immediately tear into the sack, Quinn blew a stray hair from her face and put her hands on her hips. What happened? Did somebody die? Henley groaned and made a stop-talking motion with his hands. Kyla found herself laughing, slow and sharp convulsions in her abdomen that produced sad little laugh sniffs through her nose. She felt no humor, only the sting of the irony of Quinn's unintentional jab. I killed Sensual Sly. It was an accident. Kyla hefted herself to her feet and unfastened the tie on the thick leather coin sack. It was filled with gold. With the money inside, she could set up in Grissonside, have a staff of servants, an Atlan barn, carriage, and driver. She would never have to get out of bed, but merely have food brought to her at mealtimes. She could even hire a maid to spoon it into her mouth. I skipped right over it, she said to herself, thinking of her lifelong goal to become a recovery agent. Father's dream? When's? Mine? What are you talking about? Quinn demanded. What happened to Sly? Quinn had mistrusted the emissaries from the start, but she had liked Sly as a person, or so she'd claimed. Her hand was on her belt, fingers vaguely forming to grasp a hilt that wasn't there. Catching herself, she dropped her hand to her side. Henley explained the murder, though he didn't name it such, while Kyla cinched the sack shut and set it on a side table, unable to be interested in her own riches. She had killed before, ashing the thinnies. She'd stabbed an acolyte at the Cathedral of Till, and now Sly. Quinn sat and rubbed her palms together between her knees. I see that diplomacy isn't going to come easy to you. She was trying to lighten the mood. Kyla understood that and was grateful for it, but she couldn't bring herself to smile. How do I resign? she asked. I can't be highest of kill. I don't want to be highest. Why can't we all just pack up and leave? The keep will be empty. I won't recruit any acolytes or novitiates or whatever they're called in this cult. We'll just board a ship and never talk about it again. The news of your ascension is already spreading, Quinn said. I spoke to the governor of Docktown today. It was remarkable how he showed up at the bank just as I was leaving. He requested back taxes for the past one thousand years. He's lucky I wasn't carrying black. Just because the Docktowners know I'm here doesn't mean the rest of the world has to know. Two ships have come and gone already, both carrying the news. Quinn leaned to the side and jabbed fingers into a narrow pocket sewn into the left hip of her trousers. She pulled out a mangled roll of paper. She handed it to Kyla. It was an etching print. Of Kyla. Except this version of Kyla was dressed in a long, fur-lined cloak. A crown sat atop her head, the tines shaped like spear points. Across the bottom, in fancy script, it read... Behold, highest of kill, Kyla Sai, the Merculin who flies. Peeping from behind Kyla's great draping cloak, a small cat's face. It looked nothing like Nax. In fact, it looked more fox-like than cat-like. 
Kyla handed the sketch to Henley, who took it near the fire to study. Kyla dismissed it. A blotchy print on a slip of paper, and not even a good likeness. They had scribbled far too much hair on her head. A thousand such have been inked so far. Still more are being prepared as we speak. The governor commissioned it. Your name, face, and title will soon be known in every far-flung realm. Councils and senates, barroom bargainers and harried house mothers, tresvines and harlots, they will all gather and chatter about you. Is it war? But with who? Surely the ways will rally to slay her. I hear she cannot be slain. She flies. Kyla leveled a disbelieving stare at her friend. But Quinn pressed on. And then the ships will begin to arrive at Docktown, spilling forth strange-hearted folk who have risked all to come to find you, to throw themselves at your feet and swear allegiance to the way of kill. Leave the keep an empty shell if you wish, but you will return to find it a teeming hive of castoffs and villains. If I don't return, how is it my problem? You are the highest whether you wear the ring, sit in this apartment, or sleep under a pine tree in the rack-tooth foothills. What is done here, whether by your will or despite it, will be done in your name. Like it or not, there is now a way of kill, and you are its highest. I thought you wanted to leave. I do. I even found us a ship. It left yesterday. Her sideways smile carried so much irony Kyla couldn't help but chuckle. You can't leave the place unattended anyway, Henley said. Who will care for Dunneeples? Who indeed? Kyla had kept the man at the keep to shield him and his power from the other ways. He was made safe through the Vazan, a Mercosine crown that quelled his power and calmed his madness. Kyla could not turn him over to one of the ways without upsetting the other two. How fares our hateful friend? she asked. Henley had spent the most time with him, aside from Penny. He had reported him lucid and rather sad. He doesn't eat much. He sleeps a lot. He found a flagon of wine the other day and consumed nothing else. Kyla had stayed away from the man, since her very existence drove him to such hate-filled rage. He will miss Sen's sly, Henley said. She was very compassionate, trying to soothe him. A rather impressive thing, considering what he did to... He trailed off. Oh, I'm sorry, Kyla. I didn't mean to. She waved his concern away. So my choice is to stay and rule the riffraff or go hunt the Hargath? You know my opinion, Henley said. There is only one thing that matters. I say turn Eeples over to the voluptuary and let Quiv and Coin splutter themselves out. Hunt the Hargath. That task felt necessary, even without Flaumestack's warnings. But she couldn't leave Garden Island unprepared for a flood of kill followers. She doubted there'd be anything but chaos if she stayed. Disciplining the alley urchins who flocked here would be as easy as bringing order to Cheapskate. What would she have them do? What would she teach them? There was no doctrine for the way of kill. She sneered and scratched her head. There had to have been a doctrine before the way had been demolished. 
she remembered the diary of Elysian that Quiv had showed her. The library, she said, standing. Who wants to find the library? <laughs>